Okay. Um, I don't know how many of you have really been concerned about the things that you're seeing around us, um, whether it is in terms of uh, the things that our country is going through, the kind of uh, bigotry that goes around, the kind of uh, hatred that is being propagated. You know, there's so many things that, that goes around. And, uh, and, you know, off late, I have actually stopped following the news because it is so depressing. It is so depressing. There is nothing there that gives you any kind of, uh, any, any kind of uh, relief or consolation. Um, and, you know, in my mind, as I was observing all these things that were happening, I began to have a sense of hatred towards these people, towards our authorities, towards our rulers. And I just couldn't believe how these people could get away with doing all these things and how they would even justify doing all these things. The ideologies and everything that was being propagated seemed so retarded to me. And I was sitting in judgment and looking at them and saying, you know, um, you guys are certainly going to go to hell. And, uh, but what this got me to do is in the last, I think, couple of months, it got me to really be praying for this country. And as I was Praying for this country, God uh, taught me a few things from the scriptures and he took me to this particular portion. And it really helped me and it is continuing to help me and I really hope that uh, this helps you all too. So let's turn to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. I'll just read from verses 1 to 12 first. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. The word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened? They asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it, in my eyes, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. Said, I don't know. So what, so what happens here? It says that as he went along, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And they thought that this man had sinned or his parents have sinned. Now, it's not possible that this man could have sinned and he became blind because it says he was born blind. In their culture, they believe that, that, that your sin catches up with you in this life and, and you get punished. And which is why possibly they... They, they believe that it's either this man's sin that made him blind or his parents' sin that made him blind. But look what Jesus says. Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in him. Even through this man's infirmity, the work of God is going to be displayed in him. And then verse 4, Jesus says, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. What is Jesus? What is Jesus meaning here? You know, Jesus was the promised Messiah, the one for whom actually the Jewish nation was waiting for. He's the one about whom the prophets wrote. He's the one about whom the prophets preached. And on that appointed time, at that appointed time, 
Jesus Christ is born of a virgin. He is born into this world. And it says, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Jesus is saying that, and you know, the prophet said that he would, he would heal the lame. He will make the blind see. All of that was prophesied about him. And now is the time. And what he's going to do now is also the thing that God the Father has sent him to do. Thereby, he's going to prove his deity to the people around him. And Jesus says, night is coming when no one can work. What this says is that Jesus had a specific time on this earth. And within that time, he's supposed to do what he has been sent by the Father to do. And then Jesus says, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. I was suddenly thinking, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. He's making a man see and he's saying, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. What does he mean by saying this? You know, we shouldn't be seeing this story in isolation. We shouldn't be seeing the story as just a story that pops up in chapter 9. If you, if you have a concordance at home, and if you take that concordance and look for references to light and darkness, we find that through the Bible, we have numerous, numerous places where, where, where the word of God is speaking about light and darkness. In fact, in the book of John, there are, there are several instances of John referring to light and darkness. Let's turn back a couple of pages. Let's come to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 where he speaks of Christ himself. He opens the book with the mention of Christ. And in John chapter 1 and verse 4 it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, it says the light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. He calls Jesus the light. Turn a couple of more pages and come to John chapter 3. Come to John chapter 3 and verse 19. It says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Okay, this is soon after John 3.16, the most famous verse. And soon after that, he says, this is the verdict. Light, which is Jesus, has come into this world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Come to John chapter 8. If you come to John chapter 8, one of the most famous Verse in all of the Bible, the, 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 one, of the, one, of, one of the most uh, quoted verse, it says, when Jesus spoke again, John chapter 8 and verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then when we come to John 9, we, 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 we read about this particular we read about this particular healing. So don't look at this verse. Don't look at the story in isolation. You know, John was fond of symbolism and he uses the imagery of light and darkness. And if you look at it through the scriptures, we find that, you know, light represents things that are morally right. right rep light represents righteousness and holiness, whereas, whereas dark represents ignorance and falsehood and sin and all of that. So what do we understand about this light and darkness? Let's come back to that particular portion, right? John chapter 3. Let's come to John chapter 3. It says, this is the verdict. The light has come into this world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Yesterday, our company CEO sent all the Indian employees a mail. He's an Indian American. And he was wishing people on for Diwali. And he said, you know, Diwali reminds us of the triumph of of, of, of good over evil and light over darkness and so on. And, and what does it say here? It says, light has come into the world, which is Jesus has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Now, it is not naturally in our grain to, to like light. We are children of the dark and we love to be in the dark. 
and people. So we are in darkness and we love darkness and we love the deeds of darkness left to ourselves. We don't want anything to do with the light. And, and the next verse says, everyone who does evil hates the light and it will not come into the light for fear that the deeds would be exposed. Now, we don't want to leave our dark deeds and come to the light because the Bible calls for repentance. And that's the last thing that we want to do. We don't want to leave the things that we're so used and accustomed to and come to the light because it goes against our grain and we don't want to do it. Now, all of us would have at some point of time gone to a doctor and taken an x-ray. And you know, the dark film, what does he do? He puts it against the light so that the, 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 whatever is your problem, you know, it's exposed and that's how they diagnose it. Now, we don't want to do that. We don't want to come to the light and expose ourselves because we are naturally children of the dark and we are very comfortable in the dark places doing the deeds of darkness. And it says that, you know, we fear that our deeds would be exposed. The gospel, the light of Jesus Christ, exposes the darkness and points out your faults and calls you to repentance. But people naturally don't want that. They want to run away from it. The next verse says, but whoever lives by the truth comes to the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. You know, once we are children of the light, everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we see, you know, it has been done in the sight of God. We are exposed to God. And we are transparent. There's a whole element of transparency that comes in. But we are people who love darkness. And we are people who love the deeds of darkness. So the world is in darkness. And you know, the people love darkness. If you, if you can also turn a couple of pages and come to Second Corinthians chapter 4. Come to Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 4, okay? And verse, verse 3, it says, And even if the gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. It says the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So there is this great blinding which the God of this universe has put upon us. It's almost like, you know, when we are born, we are born with a blindfold into this world. You know, David said, in sin, my mother conceived me. We are born in sin. And, 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 and you know, we are born with this blindfold, which is on our eyes. And, and you know, the, the God of this world has blinded us so that he keeps us in the dark. He doesn't want us to see the light. If you look at... Uh, if you look at, you know, we, we, we sometimes think, you know, how can people do some things? You know, we mock the rituals of people. We look down on people. We sometimes wonder how is it that an animal life has more value than a human life? You know, I was, I was really, uh, you know, in my mind, I was really pitying some of these people. But, 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 you know, the fact is we have the advantage of the light, which they don't. And it is because we are children of the light that that our perspectives have changed and we are able to see things in, in, in a fresh light. You know, what can we, I mean, these people are people who are born in darkness. And, and since they are born in darkness, this is all what they can do. You know, when I was in, when I was in, uh, when I was in school, one of the most popular TV shows was the Bill Cosby show. I don't know how many of you know Bill Cosby show is a famous comedian. And once, uh, once in the U.S., Bill Cosby was traveling for a show. And, uh, and, you know, he happened to share 
I mean, in the hotel that he was staying in, there was this famous blues singer called Ray Charles, who was a man who was born blind. So Bill Cosby and Ray Charles were staying in the same hotel. And um, Bill Cosby decided to walk over to the room of Ray Charles. Um, and he went to Ray Charles' room in the evening and he opened the door. And the room was pitch darkness, but he could hear the trimmer of Ray Charles. Ray Charles was trimming his beard. And Bill Cosby suddenly asked, Ray, why are you in the dark? So Ray said, brother, I'm always in the dark. <laughs> you know, he didn't need the light. He's born in darkness. He's born in darkness. He didn't need the light. Darkness, I mean, I mean, you know, we think of switching on a light, but for a blind man, he doesn't need that, right? And I don't think any of us would feel, would condemn a blind man who accidentally would step on our toes, right? We would have mercy and we would have pity on that man. You know, in our church in Trivandrum, there was this uncle who was blind. His name was Money Uncle. Money uncle was blind. Always we knew he would, you know, he would have that uh, flexible, that foldable stick. And, uh, and he used to come to a house. Um, he could pretty much do everything on his own. He never saw the face of his wife. He never saw the face of his two kids, but he was blind. He had a, he had a watch, which, you know, you press a button and this, uh, this cover would flap, would, would flip open. And then he would tell us the time. And, um, and you know, I was just thinking about him. If he does something inadvertently, we would not feel, we would not take offense to that because he's born blind and that's what blindness can do. And, and I was so convicted as to, as to, you know, how much I was sitting in judgment of these people. And, um, and, um, and, you know, uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I, I just thought that, you know, we should do our best to always show these people the light um, and, and in their blindness, they would do things which to us seem very odd. It says the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. It is the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, which is being displayed. But they are today blinded to that and which is why they do what they do. Let's also uh, to, uh, come, to, uh, come to verse six. It says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made this light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Okay, it says, the God who said, he's referring to creation. He said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Imagine how brilliant this is, right? The God who spoke and it was done. He's the same God who spoke and commanded light into our hearts. How, how privileged we are. Right? How, how, how um, you know, what a great privilege it is to be the children of light. That, that today we have, we have the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And we have this privilege to know that in a very personal manner. Okay, what do, what do we, uh, I, think, I think it's in the book of uh, Proverbs. If you, if you turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 19, what does it say? It says, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Okay, the world is stumbling, guys. The world is stumbling. And what they desperately need is the light of the gospel. And which is what we have, which is what has shown in our hearts. And we have that light displayed in our hearts 
and that is what we need to reflect. If you come to, if you if you come back uh, to to John, and if you look at John chapter eight and verse twelve, it says, "When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life.'" Apparently, Jesus. Uh, I mean, I was reading some some book, and it said that. This was apparently being said during the Feast of Tabernacles when the entire temple court is lit up. And Jesus is, you know, standing in the temple court, which is lit up beautifully. But he's saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And, uh, and um, what, we, what we understand from the scriptures, what we understand from the book of John is, you know, the world is in darkness. The God of this world has blinded this world, but Jesus is the light of the world. He's the one who can truly dispel darkness. He's the one who is the light of the light, who's the light of God. Coming to verse, coming to John chapter nine and verse six, it says, "And after saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with his saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam." So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Now, I don't want to spiritualize this too much, but the fact is Jesus used really base things to open the eyes of this man. What did he use? He used mud and he used spit to open the eyes of the blind. Who would have ever thought that, 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 that this would come in handy, right? But God can use anything. In fact, he doesn't even need this, but he used that. And I was just thinking, you know, sometimes, sometimes we have a lot of things holding us back to reflect the light of the gospel, right? We might, we, might, we, might be, we might seem to be seen as uncool talking about Christ. We might, we might have our own apprehensions. But the fact is, God can use anything. He used a stammering Moses to lead the children of Israel out, right? He used that boy five loaves and two fishes, and he fed the 5,000. Here he uses spit and mud to open the eyes of, the, open the eyes of a blind man. And it's our privilege to be of use in the hands of a mighty God because we need to reflect the, the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to this world around us. You know, if we, if, if we further read, it says that his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. You know, if a blind man were to see, it is so obvious, right? It's so conspicuous. You can't miss it. If, if there's a familiar blind man that you keep seeing every day and tomorrow, he's walking around and, and, and acting normally, there's, there's an obvious difference in him, right? Our eyes were opened. Our eyes, we are no more children of the darkness. We are children of the light. Our eyes have been opened. Today, we know what is sin and what is not sin. Right? We are able to understand the difference. Today, when people look at us, do they see that this man was once blind, but today he sees? Is that the kind of life that, that, that we are showing to the world? You know, that is a question that we need to ask. And as I was reading through this, one of the things that really, that really encouraged me was the words of Jesus Christ. Come to, come to Matthew chapter 5, okay? Matthew chapter 5, the portion that speaks about salt and light. We have salt and light, you know, in the logo of our church. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It says that you are the light of the world. You know, we just said that Jesus is the light of the world. And that Jesus is telling that you, me, we are the light of the world. What a privilege it is to be the light of the world. It's an incredible privilege to be the light of the world. And we don't draw this light on our own. We reflect the light which we get from God our Father. And it says, a town that is built on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, Jesus is speaking this in the land of Israel, which is full of, full of, um, full of hills. Uh, the, the town of Nazareth is on a hill. The Temple Mount is on a hill. The city of Capernaum is on a hill. And then you have the plains. And from these plains, you know, you can see these, you can see these uh, hills on the town. And possibly Jesus is alluding to that. And he's saying, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. During the daytime, you can, see the t- you can see the hill. In the night, the light from there reflects. It is so obvious out there. And it says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And it says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Today, we don't have candles. I don't think we even have emergency lamps. We have inverters, so we don't really see darkness. But, but you know, the days when we had the emergency lamp, it would be kept up so that it lights up the room. It says, instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. That's what he's supposed to do. Imagine you take the map of India, okay? We live in a really dark country, a country that is steeped in so much of superstition. I mean, when you take a flight and you come from, say, Bombay or Delhi to Bangalore, you know, right, large patches are just dark, especially in the night. And as you reach a town, you find, you know, the lights there. Spiritually, possibly, this is what it is. Large parts of a country are in darkness. We Christians are a small population, and we are meant to be the light. And light shines bright when it is in a dark place. So let's let our light be one that, you know, that is put up high and which gives light to the whole house and to the whole country. And it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What are these good deeds that are being spoken about? How are you? How are you at home? How are you in your neighborhood? How are you at your workplace? Is there any difference between you and the others? Are you being a neighbor who loves your neighbor as yourself? Are you, are you, are you, are you really, you know, in your offices when, when there are conversations about weirdest things, do you react in a way where people who are in the dark react? Is there any difference between them and us? And that is something which, which, which we can think about. You know? So we draw our light from God and we are supposed to reflect that light in a strong way so that, so that, so that people see the light of the gospel. You know, sometimes over a period of time, maybe it's the familiarity, maybe it's the sin, this light which is supposed to shine bright is often clouded. And then the light begins to go dim. You know, then our lights begin to look like the dual ambassador cars. Right? If, you're, if, you're, if you remember what I'm saying. Now, I used to have a, I used to have a client called Mr. Dasgupta in Calcutta. And, uh, and, you know, Calcutta is a place for ambassador cars. And once I went there and Mr. Dasgupta was talking about his old rickety ambassador that he had. And he was saying the only part in that car that never made a noise was the horn. So, 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 you know, our, you, so sometimes, you know, our, our, our light is so dull. Our light is so dull. This, you know, the light is supposed to shine bright, but, but it's so dull. And, and, and we have to draw that light from the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are supposed to show it to the world, to the world around us. 
And Jesus said, it's incredible that Jesus tells us that, you know, we are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Uh, let's also come to, uh, let's also come back, uh, come back to um, the book of Romans. Uh, sorry, the book of John. And it says, um, John chapter, I'll just read from verse 8 again. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him, but he himself insisted, I am the man. He's owning up and he's saying, I am the man. I am the man. You know, it's so obvious. I was once blind, but now I see. How then were your eyes open? They asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it into my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. He says, I don't know. You know, this is a man who has truly been touched by Christ. He has, his sins have been forgiven. He is, he, is, he is able to see the world. And today this man says that the man that they call Jesus put some mud and, you know, he opened my eyes. How much are we, sometimes, you know, we, and I was just thinking about myself. I like to be doing the right things, but oftentimes when it comes to telling people and testifying people that the good that I do is because of the Christ in me, you know, it sometimes doesn't come very naturally. It, it needs a lot more push. But this is a man who is owning up. You know, he's a man who is facing, who is facing the chief priests and all the people who wouldn't anyway accept anything what Jesus did. But he doesn't care because... Because, because he's a man who was blind and today he's seeing and he's owning up and saying, you know, Jesus Christ, this man, that man, you know, he's the one who opened my eyes. He's the one who touched me. He's the one who cleansed me. And it's because of him that today my eyes are open. How is it, folks? How is it for us, right? How, how bold are we when it comes to testifying about the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, how do we continue to be or how do we continue to shine bright for Christ. How is it that we can ensure that our light doesn't go dim? You know, we have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We have God's people around us. I think it's very important for us to realize that we need to make use of the fellowship that God has given us. You know, sometimes we think that there's this vertical relationship between God and us. That's nice. But how is the horizontal relationship that we have? Because the church of God is something that God has instituted for us to learn from one another. You know, the Bible has so many verses which speak about this. The Bible says, you know, spur one another. It speaks about iron sharpening iron. There's, there's tons of verses in the Bible which speak about us having to learn from one another. You know, sometimes we like to just come on Sundays and then we are happy. You know, we, you, we, we, we sometimes see church like the McDonald's Sunday drive-in. Drive-in and take your pack and go off. Very happy with that. But that is not what the church is, right? We need to go beyond that. We need to make use of all the avenues that the church offers, the local church that you are put in. We need to make use of all of that. I would ideally recommend that you, 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 you make at least one another meeting of the church a part of your life. It's for you to figure out which is the most convenient. Because Bible talks about not only, not only taking but Bible talks about giving as well. You know, sometimes in the cell groups when, you know, even the sisters share, and sometimes you learn from, from the little things that are being shared by your brother or sister, and then that encourages someone else. And, Bible speak, and, 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 and in the Bible, we also speak about the church being compared to a human body. So we all feed on one another. We all learn from one another. And that's how our light continues to shine brighter. 
yesterday, I mean, uh, when we, last, last two weeks, when we heard the testimonies of Kevin and Sheetal, they spoke about the several people who played a role in their life, and that's, that's what the church is for, right? We spark one another. I mean, I, I don't know how many of you have done a barbecue, but when you do a barbecue, when you put the coals, when the coals are lying separate, they kind of go off. But when they're together, they, they give one another heat and they continue to shine bright. And, and, then, and then, you know, you're, you're able to uh, work the grill. So, so let's ensure that, that, that our light continues to shine brighter. Um, and, 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 yeah, and one of the other things that I wanted to tell is, um, you know, interestingly, very interestingly, uh, it's of course said in the context of false prophets, but, but in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul calls Satan an angel of light. Because he says he masquerades as an angel of light. And that is what this devil has been doing right from the beginning. Right from what he did to in the Garden of Eden and deceiving Eve. He masquerades as the angel of light. He's the one who can take the sin and put the nice packaging and the branding and then bring it to you. Right? And make you fall for it. And Satan does that. And Satan has been doing that across I mean, since time memorial, right? Because, because every sin that you do, there's always an explanation that is given to you. And, 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 and you know, he's, he's, I mean, I found it very interesting that he's known as, he's, he's known as, he's the deceiver and he's also called as the angel of light, who masquerades himself as angel of light. What are the old words of a song? I'll just read out a few lines. It says, angel of light, I see you glow in the night, but you only bring darkness to my soul. Angel of light, you're telling me, Wrong is right. I won't let your evil take control. They follow in your footsteps, not knowing, what you f- not knowing that you fell, bumper to bumper on the freeway to hell. You lead them into wrong, and you make it look so right. You lead them into darkness, and make them think that you lead them into light. But I know where you're going. Too bad you're not alone. If it wasn't for the real light, I might have never known. Then it says, angel of light, I see you glow in the night but you only bring darkness to my soul. Angel of light, you're telling me wrong is right. I won't let your evil take control. So we need to be careful. We need to be careful. And, um, and we need to be, and we need to be, we, we, we need to ensure that, you know, we reflect this light, which is there within us. And uh, the Bible calls us to walk away from all the deeds of darkness. And he calls us to live as children of the light. You know, I don't know how, how many of you uh, um, uh, how many of you really really pray about um, pray and ask God about keeping you as a light in this world. You know, about I think it was last year. I was um, I was I think early last year. I think I was I was quite uh, you know spiritually. I felt that I was I was becoming a useless. I was not of use to anybody. And uh, for some reason, you know, this thought was. That thought was in my mind, though I was doing well otherwise, but, but I just felt that uh, I, was, I, I could be of some use to more people. And, you know, I really prayed and I asked God to open, open some door for me to reflect the light of God in a special way to certain people. And, you know, a couple of, couple of things God did in my life, but there's just, there's just one thing that I want to specifically uh, talk about. And that is, uh, you might remember... Uh, last year we did that session on homosexuality in the church and uh, we did, we did, uh, we did that session here and, 
actually the only reason why i got interested in this particular topic was there is someone who is close to us who is battling the sin and and i was i was trying to prepare myself and to to talk to that person but that person never gave us any chance the moment we tried to broach the topic with him you know he didn't want to talk to us so 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 we just left it at that and i was just thinking you know all all what i had learned you know it was not being put to use in any way and that's when you know in 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 church we spoke about it soon after that i remember tobin asked me to write uh write an article in but god so that article got ha- took place it was an answer to a question which was put out by someone and later this particular person this boy who asked this question he was battling with this issue and he asked the but god editors if he could talk to me and then we started talking about we started talking from then on and you know that was the beginning of a beautiful spiritual relationship with this boy and um, he's someone who grew up in very difficult circumstances he's a christian he's a believer but he grew up in a home where he saw a lot of abuse and he saw abusive parents on one side and yet they would go to church and do do things which seemed holy he has he has seen things that his parents have done which which is like unspeakable and he grew up with all those abuse in his mind and um, and you know and right from an early age he felt that he had this same sex attraction and and even even though he came to know christ and he knew that this was wrong you know there was no one in this world who was able to relate to him he had a mentor he had good godly people but but you know he couldn't even think of you know approaching them with this topic and tell them about about how he feels because because he felt that nobody in this world understood him and he used to keep questioning god as to why why me why am i born like this you know there was so much of misery in his life and um, and this is what once he sent me he said i thought there was no way out of this and having no one to help all i could think of was suicide for almost 2 years of my life all i could think of was taking my life having thought about it so many ways and have even come close to attempting if the lord hadn't intervened i wouldn't be alive here today you know and 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 you know we keep talking on a regular basis um and and one of the things that i found is you know today the world and psychology might call it natural might call it orientation might call it this and that but you know his life for me was an example of how how light works because of the gospel because of the light of the gospel he's able to see that this is a sin which has manifested in his life in such a manner and he has decided to keep his life holy and pure and sometime back when i was talking to him you know he was saying if it's i mean he he fully trusts in god and he fully believes in the gospel of christ and today he's reassured that that even through this condition you know he can glorify god and he wants to keep his body holy and he want to walk as a child of light i took his permission uh, you know uh, to to just share the story though i'm not revealing who he is but 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 you know i just found that to be super super encouraging for me right that is what the light of the gospel can do right the world would justify it but when you put this against the light it would expose the defect it would show you what is sin and it would cause you to repent so church let's uh, let's 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 walk as children of the light so what did we what did we actually learn today we learned today that the world is in darkness 
and people love darkness. They love it. They are children of the dark. They love the deeds of the dark. They want to be in the dark. And who is the Lord of darkness? Satan. He has blinded people with darkness. And he doesn't want that blindfold to get released. But praise God that our blindfold fell off. Praise God that God worked and took off that blinding. And today, today, today we are able to see the light. And then we saw that Jesus is the light of the world. And he's the only one who can dispel darkness. And Bible, there are a lot of instances, right? And Peter, it speaks about how we were brought from darkness to his marvelous or brilliant light. He did it. He did it, right? All his. Jesus is truly the light of the world. And then Jesus said that we are the light of the world. What a privilege. We are the light of this world to be the light in a dark place. And, and our own country is a dark country. And we need to be the light of the world in this country that we are set in. And let's, let's make use of all the provisions that God has made, his word, his spirit, his church, and everything so that we spur one another and continue to be the light that we are supposed to be. And I really hope that uh, this encourages you as this weekend uh, our nation celebrates the festival of light. Let's pray that this nation would see Jesus as the light of the world because he's the one who said that, you know, I am the light of the world. May his name be glorified. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for, uh, for giving us a good time of worship and thank you for allowing us some time to listen to your word. And Lord, we pray that you would be with us, Lord. Father, we know that it is only because of your grace that today we are children of the light. We know that left to ourselves, we would have groped in the dark. Left to ourselves, we would have loved being in the dark. We would have loved the deeds of darkness because it, it appeals to our flesh. And, and the deeds of darkness really appeal to our flesh. But Father, we want to thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to thank you for that light which shone in our heart. And we want to thank you for the gospel which, which showed us the glory of God reflected on the face of Jesus. And we want to thank you, Lord, that today, today we are standing here redeemed and as children of the light. And thank you that you have made us today the light of the world. What a privilege it is, Lord, to reflect the light of Jesus Christ. And we pray that, that, that through our words, through our thoughts, through our actions, we would be reflecting that, Lord. Father, we pray that we pray for this country, Lord. Even as, even as this country celebrates this festival of light, we pray that you would, you would enable this, this nation to really know Jesus, who is the light of the world. Thank you for this time once again, Father. Thank you for listening to us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray.